what's the culture in terms of like breastfeeding in in Kentucky? Like breastfeeding in public, like titty out in public. Never seen it. At work, we have people that pump, but they have a a room. Oh, they have a, they have a room just for that. Yeah. Huh. You ever going there? Yeah. It be titties out. Not while people are occupying the room. Oh, okay. I don't know. See, that's a red flag. <laughs> It's a red flag. Zero seasoning. They just put some shit in some batter. Not even salt? Because you know what? I will say this. I will say this. And I'm going to get controversial on this bitch real quick. Niggas season food too much sometimes. You don't got to fucking bathe every goddamn thing in Lowry's and Old Bay for it to be food. I, 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 honestly. No, we, we, that's, that's your other half speaking. And you know that. But my other half seasons the shit out of food. I'm, I'm seasoned on your both sides, half, my nigga. Your other half seasons the shit out of stuff with completely different seasoning so it's it, it's almost not even the same thing first of all i'm first of all i'm west indian right so that's niggas anyway so not really you thinking i'm indian i'm i'm guyanese indian we it's mostly niggas over there anyway but but i but i stick by what i i stick by what i'm saying like i i almost think that it's like sometimes we're seasoning shit because we're not working with the greatest material like starting ingredients you know what i'm saying so we're bathing it in flavor in order to make it appetizing and edible but sometimes shit is good on its own like you can make delicious fucking chicken and you just need a little bit of salt some pepper and some rosemary you don't need to bathe it in every in the whole spice rack you know what i'm saying you can make sashimi sushi and it's just delicious you know what i'm saying you can have potatoes and the cream and the butter and those flavors that come out are it you don't have to because you end up overpowering shit to where you can't taste what's delicious about the thing like you don't got to season a steak i mean you can but you don't have to am i tripping so i get what you're saying as a concept but everything needs fucking season you can get i've i've had, had does sushi I've need had, seasoning my nigga does sushi need seasoning honestly i think i would probably like sushi if it was better seasoned <laughs> this nigga says sushi is bland it's a different food sushi is, sushi, to, sushi is very bland you're supposed to be tasting the fish because it's fish bro that's what it is you're supposed to be tasting so, the fish if you go to like the best steakhouses and get the best cut of fucking beef. They're not just giving you a fucking steak. They're still seasoning it. They're not like putting a. They're not putting like old bay on it. But they're gonna put some probably garlic, maybe some rosemary. They're still gonna season your fucking steak. Sure, but it's ve- it's a very simple seasoning, right? If you're doing a very it's very, very simple. simple, if you're doing a very simple steak, you're doing salt, pepper, and you're basting it with with garlic and rosemary oil. That's what you're doing, and then you're doing the flaky salt shit at, at the end. That's it. You're not putting a whole shit. And even then, the and garlic I think, and, and I the think, rosemary think, are an infused oil. You're not putting powdered seasoning actively on the thing. You're infusing it with oil. I also think that you're overcomplicating nigga seasoning. Bro, no, I'm not. No, because I've, I've watched niggas, I've watched niggas pour a goddamn bucket of seasoning on some shit that literally just needed to be basted. There's seen, also a difference. There's also a difference between niggas who really can cook and niggas who just throw some shit together. Agreed. Agreed. So niggas who really can cook are not bathing their shit in fucking I agree. Lowry's. I agree. And them niggas are not the ones. But one- they're still using more seasoning than white people. And it still mostly tastes better. 
on average, obviously, I'm not. If you thought that I was arguing that white people can cook, I'm not arguing that. But I am arguing that French people can cook. I am arguing that Italian people can cook. Most people that I know that visit France say that the cooking is overrated. They say they say Italian food from Italy is underrated, Ooh. and that French food from France is overrated. Is overrated. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know, and neither of us have been there, but I will say that is true. I will say in restaurants that run using the French model, because like, I, okay, so here's here's half of where I'm coming from. Melbourne, I would say in terms of, and I've lived lived in or been in or ate in a fair few countries at this point. Melbourne is the best food city I've ever lived or, and eaten in, in terms of variety and in terms of the level of discipline and culinary like pride that they take in their kitchens, even at the lowest level. And I would say those techniques of how you make food and how you braise shit and how you sous vide shit and how you baste and all that kind of shit that doesn't necessarily require seasoning in the in the sense of pouring a powdered thing on something in order to render flavor but instead realizing that you can get flavor from things that aren't seasoning in the traditional sense. Flavor can come from the oils that you use, the cooking ingredients that you use, the temperature that you use, all that kind of shit. Like caramelizing yeah, onions, you, you're not seasoning the onions. You're caramelizing them. I think I think that's very present in most American minority cooking. What? For example, collard greens. Like I'm not I'm not seasoning it with Old Bay. I'm seasoning it with turkey net. Seasoning it with turkey net. Mm, fair or fat bat. Fair, but see, I, but I've seen, and then we're gonna get on to something else because I'm I, I, true. But I've seen people watch a video of a white person cook chicken without adding anything besides salt and pepper but they make sure that it's golden brown and they baste it in butter, which I would say is fucking good chicken. If the shit comes out with a proper like Maillard reaction, golden brown outside crust, and it's been salted and peppered, that is good, delicious fucking chicken. I disagree. I disagree. That can and be I, fucking I, good no, as fuck, bro. You want me to, you want me to, I'll, give, I'll give you okay, a great example. Go ahead. So I was in Atlanta. That's why I don't today. trust y'all niggas. Because y'all can't, chicken can so be good, bro. It's chicken. We had, go ahead. Um, This Korean fried chicken. Yeah. And the best thing about it was the fact that the consistency was phenomenal. But the flavor was off? You're saying? The, the batter had, had zero seasoning. Mm. It was mm. cooked to perfection. The chicken itself was good. But the, the flavor, batter had the batter was zero trash. seasoning. Interesting. Yeah, see, I don't know. You know what? I'm, I, I think, and, and this is, this is, this is the, my last bit on it, because maybe I've been around too many white women. Because I do remember one Finnish girl uh, commenting that there's something to be there's there's something of value to developing a palate where you can appreciate quieter flavors, where you can say no, this batter does have flavor in it. It's gone through a series of things, and there's some there's some value to that. Now I will 100% roast white people forever because a lot of them just don't understand what it is to enjoy your food. They eat it as like function almost. Like I'm going to die in four to you know in four to five days if i don't eat so i'm going to put calories into my body instead of recognizing that it's something that you can enjoy so they'll literally just eat anything you just put something that is food in front of them and they'll fucking eat the shit um even if it tastes like cardboard but there's something to be said about being able to go no no there is deliciousness in this shit if you pay attention to it mindfully which is why you don't need sugar in your tea bro hey man so my last point, and then I'm gonna let it go. All right. Is that like after I? We've been letting this bitch go cut, for about 16 points. <laughs> true, true. But when I cut sugar significantly from my diet, I did start appreciating stuff like 
how sweet carrots are. That's what I'm saying. That was like the thing that like, I was like, wow, this is actually sweet. Mm. Or how overpoweringly sweet a Sprite was. Yes. But that Korean fucking barbecue was still trash. <laughs> was still not seasoned. Cooked to perfection. Consistency, you know. Delicious. I wanted it to be phenomenal. You heard it right here, the folks. Not fucking French people and Koreans do not know how to cook. They don't season their shit properly. Welcome, everybody, to Waving the Red Flag, the number one culinary, dating, sex, love, and relationship podcast in all of Australia, Atlanta, and the universe. It's your boy, Eddie OG. It's Alvin here. <sighs> Yeah, white people can't cook. I agree with you. Oh. I didn't say that, man. White people be cooking. Uh, name two. Don't, you can't say Gordon Ramsay. And you can't say Paula Dean or whatever her name is. No, I did a tailgate my last fall in my NBA program. Mm -hmm. My homeboys, family and friends did it. They're white people. Not a single dish was amiss. Wait, wait. Where were they from? Georgia. Oh, that don't count, bro. That don't count. Wait, wait, wait. But which, which, which part of Georgia? Not Atlanta. Not Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Then that don't count, bro. Rural white people don't count as white people because they can because they learn they stole they stole their cooking techniques off niggas, so they know how to cook because they stole it off niggas. But that means they know how to cook. That it does mean they know how to cook. That's true. I wonder if it, yo. I wonder if ancient black people could cook though. You know what I'm saying? Like, could Egyptians and like you know Nubians and shit like that? Could, could like could did Mansa Musa have like a, like a, a an incredible feast that was like real well flavored? Because I don't know if it was. I wonder. Comparatively, I'd imagine probably. Wait, probably it was better than their European counterparts, or probably it was yes. worse than modern day. It was probably better than their European counterpart. Yeah, I mean, because all of the spice shit, like the spice uh, Europe. And I'm, this might just be Hotep history, and I don't know what the fuck is going on. But Europe didn't really have spices until like trade shit started happening. Like Africa and Asia was the only place that had, uh, not even like pale Asia, but like brown Asia and Africa was the only place there were spices, right? At that point, yeah. Okay. Like motherfuckers was going to war over cumin and shit. Yeah. Can you imagine? Massamusa's like most his most valuable shit was salt. Right. That's crazy, bro. We just have salt like it's nothing. Like, salt is like nothing. Like, if somebody, if you took a nigga from the past and was just like, yo, this don't, you can literally have a slave delivered to you like golden bracelets and a pound of salt for like $3 and you don't have to leave your home to do so, they'd be like, what the, what the fuck kind of world are y'all living in? Like, women are just dressed all type of crazy. Men have fingernail paint. It's a, it's a brave new world. Was the fingernail paint thing never a thing in the? Uh, I feel like they. No, nah, I mean it definitely was different because 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 niggas definitely was wearing makeup. Like I don't, I don't I think that became a woman thing like at different points in history because I feel like niggas like some of the shit that's for women kind of seems like it was meant to be for niggas originally. Like like high heel shoes seems like it really should be a man thing, not a woman thing. More so because height is like a sexual makeup. selector for us. Say again. That's the anthropologically makeup. For men? Yeah, because mm, okay. there's the idea Speak that like it. we should be the ones attracting mates. Like we should be putting our best foot forward. Mm, but like that's why like you have like birds True. And like with their peacocks and shit like, with their fucking you know, flailing, you know, beautiful shit and that the men are like the ones that do the dance or they have the vibrating red crest on their chest to Hey bitch, what's up? You know, on the side of the road or whatever they do. <laughs> Yeah, because the idea is like it's so much more expensive for 
the women of basically every species that like they should be picking us but is that true we should in, be like doing our damn but is that true in every species because like in humans i feel like and this could be cultural i don't know but it seems like in human beings men are definitely i agree we're, we're more we're what much less sexually selective for sure but it seems like we select for physical characteristics and women select for uh like power characteristics and that kind of thing and I, that that could be some red pill bullshit made up patriarchal nonsense i don't know that, but that does seem that's to be okay so you think women it's, are just attracted well, it's, off... it's two it's two things so one it's Thank like you, sexual fear. selection makes everything way more complicated and two is the fact that we have patriarchy what do you mean by sexual selection makes everything more complicated so it's like you have women selecting for things that like don't really have a point can you, i have no idea what you're talking about can you give me an example i can't give you a human example <laughs> Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, but I, I, I guess if I, I, if I think about it for a minute, okay, see if it, see if it comes to you while I'm saying this, because I feel like I don't feel like women off jump are really attracted to men physically at all. I, that's my theory. I feel like men are straight out the womb. We like women. I feel like women learn to like men physically off of connection to a story with a man you know because and here's here's why i say this you can have the ugliest nigga who's ugly as shit you put this nigga in a movie you put him in three or four movies you will have women saying this nigga is gorgeous and in another five to ten years you will have niggas copying his face to try and look like him to be gorgeous in the way that he was whereas i feel like men even for all of the the trends and change and you know how we went from like in nineties, it was flat asses. And now it's like, you know, progressed to, to thick women and things like that. Even then we was fucking all of them the whole time, you know? So I don't, I don't think women, women really like men like that. I think I ultimately agree with your point, but not for why you agree with it. Okay. Okay. Nah, not for why you, you like the conclusion, not the premises. All right. So what's up? Yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with physical attraction. I think women oftentimes convince themselves that somebody is attractive overall package because attraction is not just physical. Of course. Based on status, based on fame, based on money. I don't think they look at this nigga and say he's cute. I think they look at this nigga and say he's attractive. Nah. I mean, I, look, I agree that that's part of it, but no. Women will look you dead in your face and say that Adrian Brody, motherfucking Adam Driver, and Ryan Gosling are physically gorgeous. They will say that. That they are physically good looking. Now, I agree that I, that I think that that's bullshit and it's a trick that our brains play on themselves, which is that, no, he's not actually good looking. You just feel like you know him. And that makes the front section of his head associated with good feelings. And so now you think that's a good yeah. face. But that that's, what, still that's ugly. what I think it ultimately is. Yeah, but they but they still think that that face is good. And if they see it and if and that's the other thing that's fucked up. You think your girl likes you. But really, you just look like a nigga that made her feel something from a movie or from a previous relationship. And you really ugly as fuck still. But you kind of look like Teddy Pendergrass or motherfucking Tory Lanez or whoever the fuck her story is in her head, you know? Another ugly nigga who was doing cool shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. It looks like you having to reassess some things about your life. That's what it looked like. No, no, no. I've, I've known from jump <laughs> that that physical stuff has never been my value proposition. So mm. that doesn't really matter to me. You see, that, that's, that, 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 was, that was never in question. You got the 1980s Republican black man cut. It's all good. We know. Actually, no. It's the fact that I just haven't had a haircut in eight months. 
that's because what i said still a thank you that's what oh yeah sorry man i i'd be forgetting bro we haven't had covid in so goddamn long bro the only thing is we can't go to the rest of the the um disease riddled planet but otherwise it's normal as shit over here bro we getting our hairs cut getting our hair did nails done pussies waxed i'm finna i'm finna fat get frozen. mine cut you've been finna be looking I'm good vaccinated okay question what's the culture in terms of like breastfeeding in in kentucky like breastfeeding in public like titty out in public never seen it granted i haven't been out in public much <laughs> at work we have people that pump but they have uh, a room oh they have a, they have a room just for that yeah huh you ever going there yeah it be titties out not while people are occupying the room oh okay i don't know shit <laughs> you said it so quick i was like all right that's kind of weird that seems like a yeah, like yeah, a I've case seen, i've seen the room yeah it's like comfortable like sometimes i i've taken a meeting in there like after hours well what? not after hours wait, wait, okay wait wait, wait. for some days. reason i'm thinking of like it, i'm thinking like a, a, a like a room that looks like a chemo ward with like chairs and like a little like a, a like a robotic arm that comes over on top of the titty is this just a conference room it's it's like a room with just like more comfortable chairs in it. Like you can like stretch out in the chairs. Okay, but it's not like fitted like with like, like with like air mass that come down from the airplane shit that come down and you put it on your titty. It's not it's not like that. It's not like a science room. <laughs> no. Okay. When you think when I think of a milking room, I think of like a room built to milk women milk human women. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like what it would. That seems like what it would be, something to no. you would you would want to, just on some egalitarian shit. You want to you know provide the machinery necessary for the memories in that in that circumstance. That's what I would think. But over in Melbourne, we definitely it's way it's way more um, common. Like I definitely would say I've seen you know I've seen some titties out two or three times that kind of thing. It is a little bit, and it's something that I've been grappling with is like what what the relationship to nudity is. Because there is this conversation around we should free the nipple and men are kind of like men's response to that often is something like, uh, yeah, why not? You want to take your titties out? Why would I why would I have a problem with that? I mean, it's like but it's also kind of like, no, I want to be able to have my titties out, but also not have that inherently be sexual type of a vibe as well, which I'm like, aren't titties sexual? Is I mean, isn't everything a little bit sexual? And I saw a dude, he was some science man. He was like, you know, we think of breasts or butts or whatever as being sexual but that's actually socially programmed and i was like yes. that don't seem like it could be, even could make sense because i'm like well then how does arousal ever happen you're like you know what i'm saying and he was like the only socially programmed physical uh viewing thing that is inherently sexual is seeing two human beings have sex but outside of that nothing no other behavior is inherently sexual in our brains we're just program but i'm like but i like women is that programmed i mean i'm sure maybe but like th there's a part of me that like if i see a, a human woman of our species that my brain is like that's a thing that i or a person that, nigga, that i want to have you know what i'm saying like want to yeah, yeah stick yeah. my penis in you know yeah no, i'm with you i'm with you yeah is that so is that is that what's going on there like what do you think is are, are titties inherently sexual or is it somewhere in between or is it like fully the titties are no more sexual than ours are like because i would i would even consider like women's heads are sexual you know maybe not like all the way arousal but i see a face and i'm like i want to have sex with the person whose face that is 
Well, 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 my question, my initial thing was that if everything is sexual or everything can be sexualized, then nudity holds no weight in that realm. You know what I'm saying? Because agreed, if everything agreed. is sexual, then you're sexual clothed. Yes, so, agreed, like, agreed, agreed. I, no, and, and that's a very strong point, which is to say, I do think that like if I moved to like a nudist colony, I would be like turned on for probably like the first week and then I would recalibrate to be like, nudity while sexy doesn't mean sex whereas like now i literally never see breasts outside with a few exceptions i literally never see breasts outside of a sexual context now don't get me wrong i'm turned on and want to have sex with women all the time in non-sexual context you could be a doctor in a full motherfucking smock with you know a fucking mask on and stethoscope and i'm still like oh i would want to have sex with you if you were interested but i understand it's not a sexual situation and i'm not necessarily at a high level of arousal so naked titties could be the same where i'm like fuck those are nice tits but this is not a sex situation this is just a person yeah, who think, is attractive and i think that's ultimately what like, we've been socialized to automatically assume that that is an arousal let's have sex situation as yeah. opposed to like being able to just like look at that as something that we that even though we enjoy that we don't necessarily always like jump to intercourse yes yeah. so I think that's ultimately <laughs> you should never jump to intercourse honestly there's really no context where you should be jumping to intercourse that's the case fair enough you know in pretty they much all circumstances mean. no I do I do know what you mean <laughs> I do know what you mean but that's some Louis CK shit oh let's jump to intercourse you know we've kissed and then all let's jump to intercourse there's a but there's a button under the disc <laughs> and a fucking CK swing comes out out the ceiling and shit yeah I guess that 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 is a thing because like but also, you know what I think, and this is this is going to get into uh, blaming everything on women again, but I think there's also like this idea that nudity and I think at least in the West, nudity and modesty and sexual freedom and empowerment are in, intertwined to where it's like when we have the conversation about freeing the nipple or freeing women's bodies or freeing women to express themselves in whatever way we want, we're not we're not often also saying desexualize these things we're saying we're almost most of the time saying let women be sexy and and i've heard some people make the point that uh some of the sexual empowerment shit that we're seeing in the 2010s and 2020s is is actually patriarchal because it's like we're grooming young women to gain power through sexuality and to see equality and empowerment through the the lens of things that ultimately gratify men. I think that's a super complicated conversation because I, I that's a good I'm way to start a first very, conversation. Nigga, everything is complicated on this shit. Just say some shit. Most mo shit, most shit on here ain't that complicated. I'm just be honest with you. Like we were just having conversations <laughs> about fucking Korean fried chicken, man. I mean, this isn't always bro. That was history. Shit. That's anthropology. <laughs> that's <laughs> racism, bro. That's come on now. That's complicated as shit, but go ahead. But it's like, and I don't think that it's always the argument, by the way. I've definitely heard lots of people in academia say, mm. let's desexualize XYZ sure, as a part sure, of the sure, 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 sure. So I don't want to, I don't want to even portray that that's like, like, that like what I'm about to say is the whole argument. Nah. But let's say, but let's say like there's, there's a set within the movement that says, you know, we want to use sexiness um as a way to move ahead in society i'm 100 percent fine with that because mm, regardless okay? of where you stand on okay. the spectrum of of womanism slash feminism people still have to exist within a capitalist society and i'm fine with any marginalized group using whatever they have within the scope of morality which i 100 percent think using your sexiness is within the scope of morality to 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 make it within a capitalist system I'm you speaking facts okay like because you got you got you got you still got to 
eat. Like even if, even if you ultimately believe that like we should desexualize these things in order to make it more normalized, so you can just do it. You know, do whatever you want to do without the the threat because it is a threat of like the male gaze and patriarchy and mm. all that shit. You still got to move within this shit. You still got to okay. survive. Okay, let's bring it. Let's bring it full circle because I'm I'm gonna bring you the toxic question, but I think you probably already got it teed up to answer this for the people. So then the last leg of that argument is okay. But if you are participating in sexualizing yourself for your own benefit, then I, the man, I, men, get to sexualize you or get to harass you or whatever it is somewhere on that spectrum. Hit him with the truth. I think, I think, so you're, you're, bring, you're, bring, I, you're bringing up this argument because it's an argument that many men make. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's like, come on, man, just because like, me selling sex on my own terms as a woman doesn't mean that you get to consume me as an individual in any personal way that you're doing. So the the idea of that, in my opinion, is that you're controlling the narrative of how you want to be perceived in your sexiness, mm. you know? So it's like, it's like, it's like you're garnering control over your sexual image on how you want to be consumed sexually, as opposed to a man or, or just society in general sure. dictating how you're consumed for you. So, you know, if I'm selling sexiness, that doesn't give you the right to, you know, like harass me or, you know, what you call it. It's, it's about me dictating the terms of how you consume me mm. in my control. It's, it's like, it's like the same thing as any, like any individual selling their image, you know, like they yeah. should be able to control how their image is. Controlled. That makes sense. And like, by and large, they are legally speaking. That's makes, that makes a shit ton of sense, bro. That, yeah. Yeah. I, couldn't say it better i mean because there's i do think there's this idea of like oh if you and i and i although i was speaking facetiously before or um rhetorically there's this idea of like if you post a thirst trap then sexual comments in your comments are appropriate and i was like that makes sense to me you're making a sexual advertisement which goes back to the whole free in the nipple thing of like yeah, sometimes people are free of the nipple because they literally just want to have their shirts out. But a lot of times it's like, no, you 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 are making a somewhat of a sexual display. Like you want to be perceived as hot. You know what I'm saying? You've got your, your, your titty hanging out and you know you look good and you want to look good. But then it comes down to, okay, well, yeah, I am. But ultimately I get to dictate the way that you interact with the fact that I look good. Um, so that's a pretty compelling argument for like, yeah, no, nah, my, my butthole is out on my Instagram. But at the end of the day, I get to dictate what my comment section looks like. That's a pretty strong fucking argument. It's all, it's hard to come to, to come at that any type of way. Crazy. And then I also think that like, even, and this, this is, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think that it's really weird that like men feel entitled to take certain shit to like another level. So for example, like, <laughs> I mean, no, no. So it's like, no, so like yo, baby, you had your like, belly button like, out. They're, why they're can't I talk trap, about bro? nothing all in your eyeballs? I'm shit. You exactly, did first. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Why can't you just like, like, you know, put like the little eyes emoji or some shit in the comments and then move on about your day? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Why you got to make it weird, bro? Like, why you got to like... Is it weird though? Ah, see, now I got to push back. Is it weird though? Is it, is it weird? Like, I, I'm, I'm, it's fair for you to say, hey, look, in my comments, we don't do that. But is it weird? Like, if you put a sexual display, is it weird for a person to respond with a sexual answer? That, that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to having my mind changed, but I don't, calling one this and then the other one weird is, because it comes down to like, I feel like 
when we have the conversation of like uh, sex worker positivity or whatever, I forget what the opposite of whorephobic language is. I don't even know. Can I say that? Can I say whorephobic? Is that's the term, right? In in those discussions, it's almost like sex work is ethical, but sex clients aren't. And maybe that's the argument, but that seems like almost the narrative of like selling sex is fine, buying it is weird. Which, if that's what that's what's being said, then all right, fair enough. But it's like if you're selling think, sex and somebody's like, "Oh, I'm buying sex," then they're weird. I don't, I don't get that. I don't, e- I don't even think that's the argument, man. I okay, think that yeah. like in any sort of business transaction, that there's a certain level of decorum that you, for example, sure, if, sure. If like you're, for for example, if you're buying sex, right, make it something let's different. Put some equally as wild like interaction with you like going to fucking applebee's or okay shit, okay you know okay okay make, like, make it make it like very, that you're fucking very polite at applebee's you're like yes can i have my can i have my fucking well not fucking yeah my my microwaved boneless wings and my microwave sirloin and like can you bring that out to me please waiter or waitress you know what i mean sure you're not like true you're not like oh my fucking god man you know i just fucking love all these goddamn boneless you know what i'm saying it's just like it's like there's a certain level of decorum uh, yeah but what does that business deco- transaction okay no that's like, fair that's fair and then but then i think we have to have a cultural culture-wide conversation around like what that decorum is because you could talk about the differences in bingo. there's different cultures where you can tip somewhere and it's rude not to tip there's other cultures where it's 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 it is rude to tip you know what i'm saying and like in some places you're gonna say um please and thank you in other places you're not in some places you literally go up and you serve yourself it's, it's called a fucking buffet mm-hmm. in other places you yeah. wait to be seated and there's a whole set of standards on what that looks like that need to be defined but i think when you come into a new country and you hit hit up against uh what do you call it culture shock and you go oh i thought it was a buffet um no sir this is a this is a fucking mcdonald's you can't be back here bro like that kind of situation happens mm, no i guess you're right you would be weird you would be weird and, and yeah. in need of correction like- yeah Cause like not not one hundred percent not a one to one correlation, but I but I, I I equate it to like when I go to when I go to strip clubs with people that don't that haven't been to strip clubs. Yes, as as I've been to, there's right? an etiquette. So it's like like I like I I'll, I'll pull them to the like because I have friends that I've taken to strip clubs mm. that were like nervous. Mm. I was like, there's no need to be nervous. I'm like, this is a this is transactional. Like that's weird, bro. But in, go ahead. Come in and come in and address <laughs> you know and like have a conversation <laughs> with people like they're people. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. it's like you know what I'm saying? Like you don't need like because a lot of people go into like these strip club environments thinking that like they need to be in like some kind of special strip club mode yeah i'm like nah man it's like it's like anything else you know what i mean Mm. like you're interacting with people you know but you may just be interacting with people that may be new and dancing and there's good music and sometimes there's chicken wings okay are the chicken wings any good depends on which club you go to fair where's the best chicken wings you've ever had in a strip club maybe we get a sponsorship that's, that's, that's 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 easy blue flame Blue flame, blue fa- mm-hmm. blue flames, chicken wings, wings and titties, thighs and titties. Anybody, anybody that tells you differently is bullet full of shit. That's that's been to blue. That's actually been to blue flame is is bullshit. Okay, best strip club wings I've ever had. You heard it here. But like, okay, so then the question is, you go into a place and if they have, if I'm looking at the menu, and I haven't looked through it much, and I say, hey, do you guys have steak? If it's a place where I think it's likely they serve steak, and they're like. No, we don't. As opposed to, no, how the fuck, why the fuck would you ask that? I feel like that's a closer parallel to somebody being like, if you've got an OF and someone's like, hey, can I send you my dick? It's like, mm, I'm just asking what's on the menu. That, that doesn't seem that weird. Now, if, if, they, if they say, hey, look, we don't do that on this, on this page, then you immediately go, cool. All right, Soup Nazi, it's your, it's your house, your rules. You know what I'm saying? No soup for you, no tits for you. Fair enough. 
But before that point, I'm not so but sure. I also, but I also think there's one of the, there's there's something to be said about the fact that like there's a bit of common sense in that aspect in that like. Mm. No, like 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 because because we're in such. A, a, a new territory with a lot of that stuff. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's it's very new in a lot of ways. It's very new. So wouldn't you wouldn't you like defer a little bit? Like I wouldn't just jump out the woodwork Ooh, and yeah, just yeah, say yeah. like, oh, let me send a dick pic. I'd probably I, uh, let the proprietor drive a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I could I could I could see it going both ways though because I think from like so I don't I, I'm I'm pretty avoidant of that section of the internet. Like I don't. I, I specifically avoid that whole side of the internet because I, for me, I like my sexuality to either be like either directly connected to connecting to another human being or very compartmentalized to where it doesn't distract me from other shit. Like, cool, I'm about to go to bed. Now I'm going to watch porn and jerk off, but I don't want to do it when I'm trying to do other shit unless I'm connecting to like an actual human being. So if I'm on Instagram, I don't, I don't engage with any of that kind of content. I unfollow pages that post that, that kind of shit. Same with TikTok. And it's for that reason. Now, from my perspective, going on an app where I'm going to literally look at like architecture and like hip hop memes and then seeing somebody's asshole is quite jarring. Now, maybe it shouldn't be. But I think the argument would be something like this is a response as extreme as what we're doing. Like if I walked into a tattoo parlor and said, hey, can I get a tattoo? And they go, dude, you don't directly ask for a tattoo. I'd be like, oh, fuck. I don't. That seemed that I thought I was one for wanting. You know what I'm saying? You showed your titty and I said, do you want to see my dick? Like, I thought that was polite kind of thing. I think I think ultimately it, it just goes back to something that you said is that there needs to be boundaries established and set, especially in a culture where we have told men that, like, they kind of set the agenda and they can push boundaries so much. Anyway, mm, fair like point. That fair point. To be a convers- that conversation has been started. Like women have been having that conversation like for decades and decades. So I don't want to kick it like when I say we need to have this conversation as if nobody's having it. That do- but it does. It, surely it does feel that on the mainstream uh, channels, it doesn't feel like it's yet being had. Now I definitely believe you that it is had, but and may and and look, I'm definitely a, I, I don't listen. I'm guilty of that. I'll say that right now. I do not listen, but I feel like I don't hear it being had as much as I would hope to of like, not just the don'ts, but the do's of all of these kinds of things. I mean, I, I, I certainly think that there's an argument for like increased exposure. I just, I just think that it's very dangerous to us as us as two niggas to get on here and just be like, these Women bitches ain't telling us what to do. You got your titties out. Yeah, why can't I grab them? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, shit, you got them out there. What are they out there for if I can't take a peek? Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's probably two niggas probably shouldn't be having that conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. I wonder what Patrice O'Neal would be like in this. Because he that nigga died right on time. I feel like he he wouldn't have. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have made it out here, bro. He would not have made it out here. Uh-uh. This nigga said we should have a sexual harassment day, a national holiday at all corporate offices where just all sexual harassment is allowed. Like, you sure, bro? You sure? This nigga said, yo, a woman dressing, wearing makeup at the office is like a, a salmon dipped in honey walking past a bear. That shit was hilarious, but highly problematic. That nigga said that. And I know you, I know, you know, you, you've heard him say shit like that. 
I have, man. He pushed the bar every single fucking like bit, man. That shit was hilarious though. Yeah, no, nah, he was gone. Oh, speak, speaking of speaking of the the, the departed list, uh, rest in peace to DMX and uh, about time for Queen Elizabeth side nigga. Man, DMX hit me hard, bro. Like for real, like like. So, so like the the first verse of of slipping mm. is basically fucking autobiographical for me and my and my sisters. Like that's uh-huh. literally like our fucking life story, basically. How how, how does it go? And I, I apologize because I thought Josh was gonna be here, and I was hoping that y'all could sync on it because I actually don't know his content that much, but I know a bunch of people who listen do. What oh, was man, yeah. fucking slip. I've been through mad different phases, like mazes to find my way. And now I know that happy days are not far away. I mean, if I'm strong enough, I live long enough to see my kids doing something more constructive with their time than big. It's, it's like the greatest fucking uplifting ass song where he's like telling this autobiographical story about basically like how like fucked up his childhood was. Mm. And like how that transitioned to him having like a fucked up adulthood. Yeah. And how like at that point in his life, like he, he, he turned around having a fucked up childhood, a fucked up adulthood into something that was like like powerful and uplifting for a lot of people and like people have got into this like a lot with dmx and like i don't like it, it it's been said so much that it's also like it's like cliche to even say it at this point but mm. like he really made it really comfortable for a lot of people to like discuss their trauma and like their vulnerabilities um and not feel like that was making them weak you know what i mean mm. like it was like it was like an empowerment thing for him he was like this is who i am like, this is what I do. This is what I'm going to discuss in my music. And I think that's why so many people, like, related to the motherfucker, to be honest. like Yeah. I mean, like, some, and, and I, I really didn't, I mean, I'm probably going to go back and listen to his work now that this has happened, because I never really thought to think think of him, ser- because of his, the gravelly nature of his of his vocals and his style, I never really thought to think of him as, like, a an introspecting, introspective lyricist. But now, but I keep hearing things like that about his work that I'm like, I need to go back and listen to this. But I will say, I remember seeing him on, what's that girl's name? Uh, Ileana something. She's like a therapist, whatever, that like works with parents and children. Ayala Van Zandt. Yes. I remember seeing him on there and he was struggling to speak to his son and he got kind of aggressive and stormed off and he told the therapist, bitch, shut the fuck up, like that kind of thing. And it was like, it looked, it, look, it was hard to process because it was like, it looked like a potentially abusive man, you know, who had done wrong to his children, but then... At the same time, he was trying to ask the question. You know what I mean? He was like, "What have you? What he was like? What have I done to make you feel like I don't hear you?" And he, but he was yelling it. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe he felt uh, uh, defensive. But then I was like, from just from what you said, I was like, but he was on the show, and that by itself is kind of pretty wild. Because I don't really see a ton of, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of niggas that need to be on that show. It's a T.I. need to be on that show. Floyd, Mike, every a lot of people need to be on that show from things that I've heard them say in podcasts. Like, y'all are not doing service to y'all's children. So as bad as he maybe looked in that moment, I was like, but he was there and he was trying. Even though he was defensive and maybe to some extent kind of like uh, magnifying the things that were causing the problem in the first place, it did seem like he genuinely was like, no, tell me what I'm doing. And he wasn't even on some narcissistic trying to like minimize it and shut him up kind of a thing, but I don't know. It was one snippet. And it's just, and it's just like, man, it's like, like I remember when I was in seven, like I, like I read DMX's book, man. DM, fun fact, DMX is actually where I learned how to count bars. Like he has a section in the book where he teaches people how to count bars. You, but you read a lot of that stuff about his early childhood, and it's like, man, like, like, like his parents and like the system made this motherfucker a monster, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm. like. 
it's like you 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 go into this situation where like this 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 individual growing up never felt love from places where he felt like he should have got love. So it's like what you're what you're seeing on shows like that and what you're seeing throughout his process was a man slowly trying to get out of the monster that he was made into. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I can understand that. And it's also like on top of that, you get into just like the the street machismo because he also was a real fucking street nigga too. Like, and that's something that I think that a lot of people, because you know what I'm saying, like, because it's also niggas that's like, you know, they have a lot of issues, but it's like they also weren't out here, like, you know, like they also didn't have to be a real hard nigga in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, that's also a layer that has a, an additional, you know, aspect of complexity in my opinion to it. You know, like DMS is literally out here robbing people. Oh you know yeah, saying? like, I, yeah, and you, it's easy to forget that when. It's easy to forget that shit when a motherfucker calms down and they get some gray in their beard. Like, there's moments when I'm watching Mike Tyson in an interview and I'm like, "Ah, I could talk to this guy. And then there's a change in the conversation. I'm like, no, the fuck I couldn't. I wouldn't want to be in the same room as this dude. This is a whole different type of thing. And yeah, and it's like, and I and I feel like that about about and Mike Tyson is a good example. Have you ever seen that that interview where he's yes. having with um, Sugar Ray Leonard? Oh uh, no, no, which one? Bro, it's it's one where he like really he like really like you can see it in his eyes and it's like it's like some it's so hard to explain because it's basically like it's some some old dog like I can't do what I used to do type shit. Uh, yeah. And he was like I fucking hate myself for that shit because mm-hmm. he was like I used to be an animal mm-hmm. I used to be a monster and he was like and he was like I ain't even that no more and he was like and he was like I want to be that again and he was like I want to be that so bad that if you put me in a situation where you let me be that. I don't know what the fuck will happen to you. And mm. I was like, Hey, what the fuck? That's some dark shit. Nigga talking like a super villain. Jacob, yeah. what the fuck? He, it literally, that's it, some I'm John a, bro, Wick, send, Liam Neeson shit. That shit. Immediately after this, immediately after this, I'm gonna send you that shit. But that's, I know I but got that's how he seems. I mean, he, because the other thing is, I feel like, uh, uh Mike Tyson has, uh, he, he's not the most articulate nigga on earth, but he, he has a way of articulating his shadow in a way that most people do not and an openness with doing so that most people do not like even rappers like he he talks about his his shadow self with a level of fucking detail and emotional precision that is just horrifying like the way he talks like it was he was he was on joe rogan's podcast and this nigga was talking about the process of working out again like he had gotten fat and old and whatever. He was on the dark. He was on, you know, some old, old Bruce Wayne about to become Dark Knight Return shit. And his wife was like, you're fat. And he was like, you know what? I'll get on the treadmill. I'll just do, you know, an hour every other day. But he said, before I started doing that, I was scared that if I started exercising, it would trigger that circuit in my brain that goes exercise until failure, failure until strength, strength until like ferocity and ferocity until like monster again. And it'll, it'll just go straight through. And he was like, I did it for a couple of days. And then I was walking on the fucking thing six hours every single day. And then I was in the gym, you know, 20 hours each week. And then it was 40 hours each week. And then all of a sudden I was back to who I was psychologically. And my body was firing in a way that I had forgotten it was capable of. And all of a sudden I was damn near the monster again. And I was like, fucking hell, that is horrifying. Like just thinking about what that is, you know, because <sighs> And and look, and I'll say, and fuck, I hope I don't ever get famous enough that this nigga Mike Tyson knows who the fuck I am, but I'm pretty sure he raped that woman. And I feel like that whole everything about him being monstrous 
is for real. Like the fact that he's a boxer, I think kept us safe. Cause if that nigga was a motherfucker who carried a piece, a lot of people would be dead. If he was a street nigga. If, that, if he was a street nigga that didn't carry a piece, a, a lot, lot of niggas would be, be dead. dead. Like, yeah. Circling, circling back to DMX. DMX never carried a gun. Really? Never carried a gun. How you rob niggas with Curtis no gun? How you Curtis rob niggas with no gun? You just slapping niggas and saying, give me your shit. <laughs> what? Yeah. Intim- intimidation and dogs, man. Intimidation and dogs. That's wild. He was like, he was like, nah, man, that was a liability. He was like, if I got my dog with me, what they going to say? True. Like my, dog, like my dog's trained. You have a murderous you know, weapon with you that is technically legal property. Yeah. He was like, my dog going to come right the fuck down if, when the police come around. Because yeah. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to say, shh. You know, and it's fine. That's crazy. Yeah, and you can replace a dog too, because if the other motherfucker has a gun, which is what I would think a lot of people, if 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 you sick your dog, I mean the first thing I'm doing is sh- shooting your dog. You can replace that dog with a dog that's equally trained and whatever, and it probably oh that's a crazy little con. That's weird, man. Yeah, I can I can, I ooh, I'm glad I'm not in that life. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean I was raised in the suburbs and shit, so I don't. I've had little touches of it that I've seen, you know, in family members, and you know it's it's on the periphery. But I I know to take my pussy ass home. I'm not with that shit. Yeah, man, and it's like, and it's like growing, growing up where I did. I, I'm very happy that like I never had to do anything. I definitely, I definitely saw more than the average. I definitely interacted more with the average. I think that's one of the things that like I think, I think, I think black people in general have a have have more proximity than than the average. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, curious I what's like what's your situation? We're like, one, we're like, like if a white person is like three degrees of separation to some to some shit like that, I feel like. A black person maybe two you know what i mean that's definitely true i mean because and and i like sometimes i've been describing a story and halfway through realize that i was describing abuse or trauma or some fucked up shit just off the the response of the person i was talking to and i didn't realize what like what how it came across but even then i feel like i definitely probably haven't experienced a third or even a fourth of what you imply you've seen by far bro the uh, like the the fir- the first verse of slipping is is uh, is basically my autobiography. Okay, which well. which which aspect? Because I don't know the lyrics. So if you if you like what happened, if you Bruh, so, he, so so it's like man, it's just so much shit. He's like, first came to bullshit the drama with my mama. She got on some fly shit, so I split and say that I'ma be that seed that doesn't need much to succeed. Strapped with mad greed and a heart that doesn't bleed, bro. It's just like it's just like the way like his mother abandoned him, like. The fact that like my father wasn't in my life for much for much of my for much of my like youth young childhood I will like I, and I will say shout out to my pops because my pops has all my respect for a coming back in my life b not let me push him away because when you try to come back into the life mm. of, like like a nigga like like me when they're like thirteen fourteen and nigga, I'm like, fuck I'm, you, like yeah. I'm basically like fuck you yeah you know absolutely like, you know what I mean like but the, the nigga never stopped coming back. Um, yeah that's a hard one man that's a hard like that 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 circuit of like testing love even if you don't know that you're that that's what you're doing like pushing someone away to say look if you actually love me i need to see that you love me without anything in return better yet with negative if you're if it costs you to love me then i know it's real do you feel like it's that I think I was just angry, man. Like, yeah. I think I think it was just one of those things where it was like I kind of was cool, like making like making my way the way I was, mm-hmm. and it was like 
like like what do I even need you here for, nigga? Like I like I like I like I need I needed your ass ten years ago. Oof, yeah. You know, like I I got I got I kind of got this shit now. You're trying to be all fatherly and shit, and I like you know like I kind of got this shit figured out now. And that was literally like my my mentality, literally at like fourteen. Okay, but why was it fuck you? Because it's one thing to say, oh no, I don't need your assistance, but there's no emotional valence to that statement. It's just no, no, you're good. But you're you're talking about a a, a disdain, a resentment. Yeah. No, I'm well. Well, what I'm what I'm saying, fuck you, is in like, well, you know, fuck you. Like, I'm not saying like, I hate know, like you. I had any vitriol or okay. like, you know, I don't you like I didn't hate the man. It was just it was just disinterest. Yeah. Okay. So what changed after he just kept I saw, kept coming? I saw this. I saw this nigga every weekend. Like from 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 eight from ages from ages fourteen to eighteen, my father came and saw me every single weekend. Hmm. He he picked up gaps where like for example and my father's not a rich man like this was this was probably very difficult for him but he was like picking up slack where like my mother my mother completely wrote me off like my mother my mother was not a mother past like age ten like I, I like I actually told a story because wait so was, was it like a relay years. race emotionally speaking what was it like a relay race emotionally speaking I'm just trying to get the timeline like dad wasn't there for some of the youth and then past a certain age of youth mom kind of was emotionally checked out or. My mom, was, my mom was emotionally, financially, parentally completely checked out by age 10. What happened, who picked up the slack after that point was actually my older sisters. Okay, gotcha. So, and, he, and, even, and even during, like, when my dad was, like, coming up every weekend, somebody still had to be responsible for my day-to-day care and, like, looking after me and making sure I went in some bullshit. That was still my sisters. And that was your big sisters. sisters. Were they adults yeah. or were they just older children? Um, they were, by, th- by that point, they were both adults. Okay. Okay, gotcha. They were, they were, they were, they were both definitely young adults to be sure. They, of course, they yeah. Been, you know, like like seventeen and nineteen. Gotcha. You know, eighteen and twenty. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so they just getting then, into you know, my, dealing with their lives. Huh? So they're just getting into dealing with their lives, but they're taking care of a of a ten year old, eleven year old Alvin as well. And, and and granted, like they 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 had zero support from my mother. Like uh, like. I will say I will say that I'm very angry at my mother, and it's it's very complicated how angry I am with with her illness and like mm. how I'm trying to navigate that situation. But my sisters have more right to be angry than you. Way more than me. And it seems like they're not. And that mm. in and of itself is kind of complicated for me. But you know they but you know circling back they got they kind of picked up the slack and then like my dad came in and like he definitely like supported us financially. As much as as much as he possibly could, like he was never placed on like child support, but like my mom literally got to a point where like she literally was not doing shit at all. You know what I mean, like she, like she wasn't doing shit. Where was y'all living? Like, like what was the? I'm I'm just trying to paint a. Were y'all living in her house, or did you move in with your? Like what was, what was the situation? We was we was we was living in her house, but it was the fact that like so the only reason we had the house was because I was still under eighteen and we was on Section Eight. Yes. So like so it was like. You know, at, at various points, like our rent could have been like eighty dollars. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like it was enough where like my sister working her job could like take care of my nephews and me. After a point, because after a point she was making like okay money, mm. but then it was like it was points. And I spoke and I spoke about this in regards to slipping, because slipping was like some cute shit for other people. I was like, nah, man. I remember listening to this shit when I was ten, when like my teenage sister like didn't eat because mm. she had to feed me. Like that's literally what it was. It was like it was like my mother would leave home. There would be no food. Mm. I would call her and say, "Mom, there's no food," 
and she would be like, yeah. you gotta gotta figure that shit out, nigga. And my sister would be like, that's not your job. I'm gonna go get you some food. And to do that, she wouldn't eat. Man, people's capacity to fucking get, man, man, I know you gotta have a spiritual type of bond with your sisters, nigga, because that's, that's some different type of shit when a motherfucker chooses to be your parent in that type of way. Like, when it's not even really their job. Like, yeah. Yeah, you've described it before, but it makes more sense now that you put it in that context. Yeah. But, but again, but again, it was like shit got, like, my father was literally like, 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 we would, like, we would sit down and, like, literally, like, budget shit out. And he was like, how much you need to eat? How much, how much y'all need for rent? How much y'all need to kind of make this, like, make this. Make it end, work. Like, yeah. this, this, you know, this ends me. And, like, he would do what he could. And, again, like, this motherfucker is still not, you know, my father's a forklift driver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, he did, he did everything he could for me financially up until that point. Up until, like, mm-hmm. even college, man. You know what I mean? This nigga was giving me, like, money as much as he could in college and I was a grown ass man like he had no obligation to do that shit anymore so he really you know? I mean well nigga he, I don't know he's paying interest on the first first little decade so yeah fair enough maybe but I, well that's another interesting conversation about like how much do we owe our adult children because I would say it's quite a bit give or take but to, to, yeah, to have a father turn, turn their shit around like that would have to be because would you say that you're and feel free if it's not if it's not a if you don't like the adversarial nature of it. But would you say you're closer to your dad as a result of that shit, or like than than your mom, off that? I'm 100 percent closer to my dad than my mom now. Yeah. It's like I remember on on Twitter, it was a whole thing about moms versus dads and like how much like moms know about you. Mm. And it was like, oh, if you went to the doctor, you're like your mom knows like that you're allergic to penicillin yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Like, and your social security number, who your best friend is, and all that shit. So it's like my mom knows all that. And, like, the point that I was making is, like, at some point, I think that kind of doesn't matter. Uh, like, the, the example that I use is that right now, right now, it's, it's, 10, it's 10 p.m. my time. If I call my father right now and say, Dad, I'm in a bad way, I can't tell you what's what. I was like, I need you to come to Kentucky right now, and I need $1,000. Mm. He will say, hang on. He will go and assess his finances. He will tell me exactly how much he can give me. And he will drive his ass to Kentucky. He'll say, he'll say, I'll be, he'll say, I'll be there in four and a half hours. I don't, I don't abuse the fact that I know that he'll do that, mm. like ever. But to know that he'll do that, and as, and as opposed to like, and again, my mother's situation is a little bit different now. But like, let's just say this was like, you know, three years ago when she wasn't sick. Like, if I called my mother and asked my mother for anything, my mother's like, Sh- you know, shit, you know, you better like, you know. Hey, me too, nigga. Exactly. You better <laughs> yeah. figure that shit out, man. Like, and like, and like, now backtrack that to me asking my mother for something when I'm sixteen. Yeah. When I'm 13, same story. Same exact story of like, like, like yeah. Same exact story. Like, 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 mom, you know, like, you know, I'm hungry. Like, you know, I'm hungry too, man. Yeah, it's eight. You know, you're supposed to be a man. Yeah, that's you know, a. You want to let me be hungry? Like, my mother literally said that to me. Treat it right. That 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 is your responsibility to 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 take it on. Yeah, as a child. So. Yes, that's that, that's and that's why I feel like. Fuck, I'm, I'm having I'm having like multiple fucking ideas. To, and emotions but the idea of safety i feel is something that's like real important and it's something that like i, I don't I, like in myself i don't feel most of the time i don't really feel safe and what i mean when i think of, of that is what you just described is knowing that there is a, a like a network of human beings that have you in that way so when if because like you're a you're a 30 year old man who's got you know like a decent fucking income a life partner a fucking retirement plan investments and you know even now 
that if some shit happened, that Papa has you to the best of his abilities. And and which at this point, your abilities are beyond his. Like nine times Very out of 10, so. you're, be- you're better suited to help him than he is to help you. But if you call him up in the middle of the night and say, yo, drive four hours and drop, drop off a grand, he's going to figure out how much of that he can do. If it's 750, if it's 850, he's giving you the maximum that he can give. That's a level of like psychological safety, even if you never use it, that I think is something. And I can give you a real example, man. Yeah. I can give you a real example. Coming out of the first year of my MBA program, like very close to the end, I didn't have an internship. Mm. And like, it was at the point where like, I had like, I had drained all of my savings. Like I had maxed out like a couple credit cards, like just like living. Yeah. Like I was at the point That's where like scary. I was like literally Yeah, I was applying to jobs at fucking like Aldi and mm. like Target just saying like I need to I need to like, make something rent. Yeah, I need to be able to eat, eat and pay my rent. Like fuck my career shit or whatever. And it was like I ultimately you know got my got my summer gig which was which was very good. Like I very much enjoyed it. Paid very well. So I was straight. But like it was at points where like like I needed, I needed to get there, and like they, like they didn't provide like transit or anything like that. I was like, I need a plane ticket. I was like, I can't fucking get here. Mm. So like I called and asked my father, and like I told this story about like how like I felt. I was like, man, I, you know, I'm just like in a bad way. You know, I maxed out everything. I ain't got nothing. This motherfucker basically called me stupid. He was like, he was like, why? He was like, why'd you even let it get like this? You mm. stupid, dumb motherfucker. He was like, you could. You he should have been asked me. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Why didn't he you? He was like, he was like, because shit, I was. I was 28, man. Like you don't want to, you don't want to be like calling, you don't want to be like calling your pops up saying like, oh, you need a little money when you're fucking 28. Oh, I feel you. And then 100%. Was, and then it was like I was also, I was also 28, coming from a position where like I didn't need anybody to pay my bills. Yes, it wasn't like going was backwards. Like, yeah, I, 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 I regressed, you know, to make, you know, I had to take yeah. a step back to take two steps forward. Type yeah. Shit. Um. So it was really difficult to have that conversation, and I just really appreciated the fact that like we had that conversation and his response was this is my job yeah it 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 wasn't it wasn't you know you're a man I'm hands off it was like you're not a child but you're still my child kind of thing and he was like you know I expect he was like I expect you you know not he didn't say this but the tone was very much like I expect you to be able to handle your own shit but he was like if it's for you know if you're doing your best and like you're trying to better yourself mm. and you need some support why why didn't you call me it, 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 it was very much a conversation on why didn't you feel like you, you could call me you can always call me yeah I mean, and I think... I've always been very appreciative of that that's and that's like something that like so like I don't I don't need to like be theoretical with those kind of things it's literally you that. know that has happened and it's done. yeah I mean and that's yeah. that's why I say he, I gave, think... he gave me money for the plane ticket he gave me money to like get settled once I got down there because my mm. first check obviously wasn't gonna come for like three weeks or some shit like I was like I need some money to eat he was like you know here's 500 you know and you was chilling that's yeah. man that's a that's a safe like, like I, you said, I offered man. to give it back because again like I like uh, like again I made very good money that summer yeah. I, was like, I was like I can pay you all this money back he was like he was like don't even worry about like, it no that's, that's not necessary have you thought about giving it back to him just off, you know, fuck whether or not he asks type of shit or like in some other type of way? Is that anything that you, you know, I don't know. I got I got I got a gift in mind. Yeah, that's how I was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, got, hey, I look, I got all expenses paid, you know, brothel visit with your name on it if you want it, you know? No, you know, because my, my dad's a real salt of the earth kind of motherfucker. You know, he like bill shit and like, you know, he works with his hands, that kind of shit. Okay. So like, he's one of the motherfuckers that like has a truck and like his truck is like for work. But he drives yes. this a 1994 
Toyota pickup. No, it's it's beat the hell and back. But he loves this truck so like the truck has been like on its last leg. It's just but duct tape my and paper clips. Also thinks that um four door trucks are a miracle of science. So I'm just gonna get him like a small like a smaller four door truck because he also doesn't like huge trucks. Like he would never drive to like a four, like a four door. Oh wait, that would be a great a gift. Truck, That'd be a great fucking gift because I think that's something that makes that bond so sacred is that it's there, but you're hesitant to use it. Like that that's part of what makes it so incredible to know that somebody's got you but you don't you don't ever t or you 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 do your best to not take advantage of it i mean like you said like i expect you to handle yourself but i don't require you to in order for me to help yeah but yeah dmx rip yeah dmx rip appreciate appreciate his story on a on a deep very personal level yeah that's a level of connection that's a, that's a fucking gift man when when somebody can, can when somebody can articulate your fucking life back to you like that then i i completely understand when you're like yo man him passing his and him living was like something emotionally significant for me and it echoed my life like the thing that gets me about dmx is that like nobody i feel like everybody's sad but it's like it's it's different man it's like 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 i told you like i was told when kobe died mm. Like I was like I was told when COVID I was told when Robin Williams died. So I feel like with DMX we're all just kind of like yeah it's sad but like the niggas at peace you know what I mean Yeah I mean Kobe seemed like he, he was life. Kobe seemed like he died on the way to do another thirty years of of shit whereas yeah. I, a DMX has he said on Drink Champs like if I were to pass away and everybody was like hey hey don't talk like that he's like no 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 nigga shut up just listen to what I'm saying if I were to die today my last thought would be I've had a good life I'm chilling like. It's cool. And that's a that's a thing that I hope to get to, you know what I mean? Yeah, what a what a gift to be able to give people that when you pass away they're like uh, it almost feels like a celebration of life more so than like a, oh my god, this is horrifying. It's like yeah, we just you passed on to the next thing and thank you for everything that you gave. Like it mo most of the posts I see are like celebrations of his life more so than yeah. even like straight mourning, which is that's a gift. I gotta go back and watch this nigga's catalog because he he was he was living he was living life on some different like type of shit. You wouldn't even expect, bro. Like it was like people came out the woodworks like like shit, man. I can't believe that one time that you like built me up out of nothing, man. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like you no, know, like yeah. like, yeah. like dead ass. Did you see the Maxwell post? No, I didn't. Did bro, DMX Maxwell put Maxwell like, on? <laughs> <laughs> bro, he was like Maxwell's like back in 1998 when nobody gave me a chance. It was like, yeah, we gonna find like, out. <laughs> we gonna find out. Jim Carrey about to post some shit and be like, "Yo, DMX was the nigga who introduced me to the Wayans." Like before, you know, when nobody white was fucking with me, great black minds put me on, bro. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, like DMX. He gave me he gave me a chance when I was just a little boy in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was it, it's just all been the most random shit. It was like, yeah, one time I was at a Goodwill and I was down on my luck and I saw DMX told him my story. He gave me five thousand dollars and I used that to get my nursing degree and shit. Like it's just like and now, it's like, like and now I run a shit. hospital. That's 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 good shit. Look, man, if you if if you should happen to be able to get to the end of your life and you pass away and everybody just celebrates all the incredible fucking things that you've done in your life and the ways that you've contributed to them and fucking written the stories of their lives. You waving a green flag, goddammit. But if you pass away and your whole life you was married to the queen and you not even king, you not even king, bro. And don't nobody give a shit about you when you died at a 99 and you look, how you 99 and you look bad for 99? That's crazy. And nobody gives a fuck. Maybe you was raving some imperialist, colonialist, you know, white supremacy flags. Who knows? 
that's been waving the red flag peace everybody we'll see y'all next week uh like comment and subscribe to the fucking youtube we need more subscribers there so share it to niggas peace everyone mm -hmm.